0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where this morning I'm being brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts, powered by Dunkin' Donuts Coffee. You know, every week we take a look at the market. Um, you know, and things change um and we have to change with them. Um, protocols are protocols. If you stick with them, you win. If you don't stick with them, you lose. Um, we had an experience this week where, you know, we had people that were selling their house themselves, broke protocols and um, you know, just made it a lot tougher on everybody. So, so if you're gonna survive in this market, we really need to know our protocols. So let me go ahead and, and uh, let's go over the market conditions quick. So let's start over here with, here with Coffee with Casey and talk about what we're gonna talk about today, which is market conditions, selecting a realtor. Now, I select realtors for a living too, because I have clients come to me and they're looking for a realtor in New York and in Florida or wherever, they're South Carolina. And not all realtors are the same. There are realtors that do one deal a year or two deals a year. Those are really not full-time realtors. That's not a full-time job if you're doing one or two a year. So what we always recommend on selecting the realtors is find the best top medium team in the area you're going to. I'll go over that a little later in the show for why that is. And then that critical, critical protocols that you cannot do without. Now, I'm going to show you some stats here that are pretty incredible. And I know that, you know, uh, a show can either be entertaining or informational. It's hard to do both, right? So this is an informational show. There are tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake when people sell their homes. This is not a time to have a few cocktails and, and kid around about it. This is a strict protocol that you have to stay with if you wanna win in a market like this, okay? So let me go over some of this with you. First of all, you gotta understand where we are, right? So this is called the Affordability Index, and it shows here the housing bubble of 2007, where this was caused because they opened up the markets to everyone who can fog up a mirror. In other words, at that time, we were saying that you could get a ham sandwich approved for a loan. They opened up the buyer pool. When you open up the pool of buyers, prices get bid up, all heck breaks loose, And they go above what they normally would go above. So what happened after the housing bubble, we had a crash, right? Now, in 2020, we had another housing bubble. And that was caused by a pandemic, 2.5% interest rates, and very low inventory on the market. A lot of people didn't want to put their house on the market. They didn't want people coming through their home with a disease running rampant around the country. So what happened was the prices went flying up and now they're coming back down. And interest rates went flying up too. Thank you, uh, current administration for delivering seven and a half to 8% interest rates, but that's where we are right now. So what's happened is we are here, we are up on top, um, we are heading down and there's just no doubt about it. And I'm gonna show you evidence of that, but you know, I was just talking with a, with one of our Samson agents. He was talking about getting information from the MLS. Let me show you real quick if I can find it. This is the information that you get on the MLS. So this is just some Vienna. This I just rang this up current, and it's talking about statistics that are from August. We are in October, right? So I don't, I can't use August information. It just, it's not going to do me any good because it's way behind. I need to know what's happening now. So let's take a look. And and a lot of, you know, one of the main indicators of health of the market is how many homes are under contract, right? So anything under 40 is a buyer's market. Anything between 40 and 60% of the homes under market, that is a neutral market. Anything over 60% is a seller's market, okay? If seven out of 10 houses are under contract, that's a seller's are in control of the market. So look at where we are currently in, on October the 5th. This is October the 5th, right? So yeah, you know we're kind of looking at this and we're saying it's a buyer's market in most things, which is why I'm recommending buyers get out there. But is it really a buyer's market? You know, can sellers really not sell their houses in a market like this? Right. Well, there are four reasons why people are putting their houses on the market. There's death. Somebody died. You got to sell your house. You got no choice. Got to sell your house. You're getting a divorce. You want to sell your house. You got to sell it, right? Things didn't work out. Downsizing. So some you see that chart. Let's go back to that chart. See, I've got a big house and I'm looking to lo- move into a small house. I'm looking to sell the family home. This is the time you want to sell when you're up on top. So the third reason is downsizing. Sorry, I've got dogs coming through right now. This is a break in the show. So so downsizing is another great reason why people are putting their house on the market. And the, and the fourth one is desperation. We have... Um, you're going to start moving into a recession. And they say a recession is when your friend loses his job or your neighbor loses his job. And a depression is when you lose your job. Well, there are a lot of people when the real estate market has gone down 40%, there are a lot of industries, movers, mortgage bankers, settlement title companies, real estate companies, realtors. So there are a lot of people that went from making a lot of money to a little money. So so now you have the fourth shoe I guess it's a horse for shoe drops, which is desperation. Now inventory starts coming on the market and things start to happen, right? So right this second, we are still in the same spot. Seller looks at me and says, should we sell? Are are you concerned about the market? My answer is no. And let me show you something. So I I run statistics on a weekly basis. If you go to my site, caseysamson.com, go to market snapshot. This is done every week, right? So I need to know what's active, what's under contract, what's been withdrawn to get the the current health of the market. So now this is Vienna townhouses. And you'll see there's only one green down there. There's only one pending. So active, of course, active properties. A slash C, that's active with a contingency, home sale contingency, home inspection contingency. And I can tell you That that's not good. That half of those houses that have a contingency will go back on the market as active, and will sit there. Once you go off the market with a contingency, and then you come back on as active, you will lose, and you're going to lose big. So I look at the A slash C is extremely risky position for the seller. The only safe status is pending. That means pending sale, no contingencies. So right now we have eleven homes in Vienna homes in Vienna, and the only one pending is our listing on Brent Hill, okay? So Brent Hill, again, this is why I'm not concerned about the market conditions. I mean, we put our stuff on, it sells. It sells within six days. He did have five contracts. We did get over list price. So, you know, am I concerned at the market? No, I'm not. Why? Because if I look at what the homes are that are active, a lot of them are either underprepared or overpriced. Not concerned, absolutely not concerned. In fact, in my listing presentations, I'm talking with my sellers. I mean, I could show them, watch this. All right, now remember that we're 11 and one, right? We're the one, the rest of the market is zero, all right? Look at the the, um, rest of the market on resales in the last 10 days. So you'll see the status of close. Those are the ones that dictate what the value of the properties should be. Then you have the coming soon. There's a ton of them. You have the actives, you have the ACs. TO means temporarily off, which means they've withdrawn the house from the market. Pending means that's the only success story. And remarkably, just like on the other page, the only pending on this page is our listing on Galloping Way. That's our listing on Galloping Way. Multiple contracts, over list price, sold in six days. Am I worried about the market? No. We follow our protocol, we price it correctly, we prepare the house like it should be. We market to people that are coming from outside of the area as well as inside of the area. Julie does a masterful job of getting out our our listings and we secure that buyer, multiple buyers and let them bid over the value of the house. It's exactly as it was in the spring, back in June when everything was selling. Why do I have the confidence is because I can see you know, I, I analyze things. I'm an analyst, you know, not just a realtor, but I analyze markets. If everybody else is overpriced, it's really not an inventory problem. It's just an overpricing problem. So, so I'll show you why that is. But I, I will hang on this and say that if we're 100% and the rest of the market is 0%, then somebody's not following a protocol. And again, I say there's a big difference between professional realtors And people selling real estate. And and that's why I had a a couple we were working with this week. They said, well, we've got a friend that's going to sell a house. And again, I, I analyze realtors for a living. I have to know that this person in Miami is the person we want to work with in Miami. I have a staff that does this. So I said, well, just give me their name. And in the last 12 months, she had sold one house. And they're going to depend on this friend to find them a house, sell a house. Uh, but you know, contract for it, negotiate the contract, get the contract through. When in fact, it's an extremely hard process to find that house, why? Because a lot of the houses we sell have been withdrawn from the market. And so, what happens is, let's say that the perfect house was on the market, but instead of listing it for 800,000, they listed it for 950,000. Sits, 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 spiral, death spiral, pulls off the market. We have a client. That's where we're looking. Say so your house is worth $800,000. We can prove it. We can prove it three different ways. It's worth $800,000. We take $800,000. How about eight twenty? dollars How about eight hundred? dollars We get it for $800,000. So, so that is what you have to do today if you're going on the market with buyers. You cannot work with an agent that has done... And ask them, look, if I was going in for surgery, Right? I wanna know, has the surgery ever worked on a foot like that before, or shoulder? I had to get uh, rotator cuff surgery. I need to know, how many times have you done rotator cuff surgery, what have you done? Well, he's the exclusive um, orthopedic surgeon for the Navy SEALs for the last nine years. Deal, if you work with all the Navy, Navy SEALs and you're putting them back together, you can put me back together. Are you, oh, oh you're the Nats doctor? Yes, okay, that's good. So. I want to authenticate whoever's going to touch me or I'm going to work with that. That person knows what the heck they're doing. Accountant, attorney, any professional you're dealing with, you've got to do that with a realtor too. Look, friends and family are out unless your friend is one of the top agents in the whole town and you can get him to work with you. That's out. My best friend wanted to list his house with me. I said absolutely not. We're friends, but I eventually did, and everything went fine. But but you have, to, you have to make tough decisions, man. And, um, uh, and you need a professional to make those decisions. If you don't, look, I can't tell you the anguish a person goes through for 73 days when their house is sitting on the market or 27 or 104 or 55 or 30. I mean, these people here have withdrawn their house. Now remember, the only people listing their house are people that have to list it because of death, divorce, downsizing or disaster lost my job so so these aren't people of those nine people that withdrew their listing those aren't people that well and let's put on the market if it doesn't sell it doesn't sell we don't care no these are people going hey man my husband's died i gotta get rid of this house i gotta sell it please give me the best you can or i'm getting a divorce get us out of this we've already got enough anguish in our life we want to go our separate ways right or I got to get out of here while the prices are still high. Or I've lost my job and you need to sell my house. Those are the nine people who just had their house withdrawn off the market. So when I say there's tens of thousands or hundred thousand dollars stake, I'm not bull- I'm not kidding. That's this is the truth. So this is kind of one of the reasons why. And again, when when I say uh, the information from August does me no good, I need to know where we are and how we got there right this is a chart where the blue is a house that's 42 as i'm doing it for a client 4254 square feet above grade and the age is i can't see that this is, is 1996 so for a house of that of similar size and similar age what did that sell for in 2003 okay what did it sell for in 2005? You see that spike? That's what happened when they opened up the buyer pool and all heck broke loose. In the financial collapse by 1910, uh, 2010, it was back down to 1,070,000. So it went from 1.296 million to 1,077,000. See how markets overreact? So fear drives them too high. I mean, sorry, greed drives them too high. Fear drives them too low. Okay, so that's just the way markets react. So between 2010 and 2020, I call this kind of the dark ages or or the, the quiet period of time in the real estate market. That was 10 years of quiet. And you see the green light here. That is if the home that was back in 2003 was adjusted for the inflation or the CPI, what would the value of that house be if it was just appreciating based on inflation look it came back so there's 2022 we had an aberration we had low interest rates we had no inventory the home prices got pummeled up and now they're starting to float back down and they're leveling off somewhere i predict that they'll go under the inflation because that's what they do and i wouldn't be surprised if it does again Interest rates are at 75 percent, eight percent. They are on the rise, and as the fourth shoe kicks in, that desperation of people losing their jobs and having to sell their home that increases the inventory that we're going to have. Right, so now we have high interest rates, high uh, high interest rates, and high inventory. That is what will cause prices to go down. So, again. The four people that really need to get busy right now on on moving their inventory is death, divorce, downsizing, and devastation or disaster. Okay? We've lost our job. We got to move. We got to get out of here. All right? So let me get rid of this. Let me go back, see what Julie did on this. That was pretty good. When you're selecting a realtor, I recommend that we go with medium teams everywhere we go. So because we're Wall Street Journal's number one medium team in the state of Virginia, we're in a network and we touch wherever we go, we touch the number one medium team. And my request was medium teams because a medium team is 10 agents or less doing 125 to $175 million, which means that everyone on that team is doing about 20 or $30 million. So anybody, you can throw a rock in any direction on these teams and hit a $25 million realtor. So now, the reason why that's important to me when we're selecting a realtor is if you have 10 people, then they, they always are combining the best practices. So in our team, I learned from Ferris and Ferris and Johnny learns from us and we learn from him and everybody's learning back and forth, you know? And, and they're, they're all connected very well. So if we need anything, we have everything. Your principle of a medium team, uh, has their hands on everything. They are basically a portfolio manager. They review every listing. They go to see every listing. They price every listing. They make sure the protocol is in place for every listing. So, and if you do one hundred and sixty million dollars a year, then you have the money to spend on Julie, or to spend on Michelle, or to spend on Sharon. So, so you've got a professional staff that can use the tools that are out there. So, you know. Basically, if I'm only doing one deal per year, I'm winging it. If I'm doing 150 deals a year, I'm in a protocol. And we do a protocol because of all those transactions, anytime something goes wrong, a protocol is put in place to make sure that never happens again. Let me give you an example. From 2020 to 2022, June of 2022, it was almost like you can see the windows slam. We didn't have a home inspection. People were all bidding on the houses, fighting over the houses, bidding the houses up. Crazy. We wouldn't even think of asking for a home, home inspection. Boom. Then all of a sudden, two home inspections. Two contracts kick out because of two home inspections. hmm We do a home inspection on every house. And when we did a home inspection on every house, three or four people are fighting for that house. And we just, and they all have home inspections. And when a contract is submitted to us, nine times out of 10, they have a home inspection. We show them the home inspection that we've done. We're clear for takeoff. Do you want to remove your home inspection contingency? Because that's going to help you when we start competing uh, contracts. Yes, 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 we'll pull it out. We love it, that's fine. Roof, electrical, heating, cooling, plumbing, appliances, and mold in the basement. Foundation, mold cracks, right? So, those main things are taken out of the picture. Now, if I'm doing one deal a year, do you think I know about that protocol? No. If I'm doing one deal a year, do you think I know how to track the market to know where my pricing is supposed to go? No. If I only do one deal a year, do you think I'm going to know to do a predictive analysis and analyze Google Analytics, web traffic, favorites, hit counter? Showing time. Do you think I'm going to be able to analyze all this if I'm only doing two or three deals a year? No, you're not. And without all of those, without geofencing, without Google Ads, without Google Analytics, without hit counters, without favorites, without buyer pools, without showing time, how do I know that I'm at the right price? I don't. I, I have the most sophisticated pricing models you're ever going to see. Proprietary. Don't worry about it. He's bullshit on online with Zillow or Zestimates or realtor.com or RPO. That's a joke. That All that stuff is a joke. Some will come in 200,000 less than the others and you're both using the same data. Give me a break. So, so you need to work with, and when I'm interviewing realtors, I want to know, how do you arrive at your pricing? Well, you know, Zestimates are probably the most reliable, but I, I need another realtor. I can't use you. I'm looking at your track record. Send me your track record. If all your stuff is selling in the first week, you're my guy. If it's not selling the first week, you're not my guy. If yours withdrawal rate and you know, days on market and, and a buyer or a seller, you can't ask these questions. A, you don't know what to ask. And B, a lot of times you don't, you don't want to, you just don't want to feel like you're imposing on somebody, which is wrong. This is the biggest financial. Biggest financial thing you're ever going to make, right? So selecting a realtor, whether it's here or wherever, people come to us and say, can you find me a realtor in New York or in Colorado? Or It's about two or three phone calls to the top medium teams in that area. Do we have the same philosophy? Now, some realtors, uh, and this is why I don't like the big realtors, the big realtors. Let's say you have a hundred agents, and a hundred agents want leads. You've got to generate leads for a hundred agents. You know what you do? You buy them. You know it's really cheap. You know what really sucks. Bought leads. Ugh. Or you take a home, and and you stick it on the market. And I can just show you thirty three of them over in uh, Vienna that aren't sold, that withdrew, that, and I can show you a bunch of them that are going to withdraw. And what they do is they'll put a house on the market so they can do open houses, which attracts traffic. So now I can shut up four agents a week by saying, you hold it open between 11 and one, you hold it open between one and four, you do it on Saturday and you do it on Sunday. Four agents, they can try and get leads off those open houses. Good for the seller, bad for the seller. Horrible for the seller. Agents need leads, good for agent, bad for seller. So screw it. Some agents I hear, oh, they did so much. Better. The either the seller is the is the goal, selling the house the goal, or getting leads is the goal. I have no respect for agents that are getting leads as their goal. Which is why I I would never ever refer somebody to um, some of these monster teams. They just they just. They have different goals. They have different goals. They're like signs in the yard, you know, and a big individual agent doesn't have the time. I wouldn't have the time. If I had, if I had one agent, single agent, she had $50 million worth of homes sitting on the market, just sitting on the market, not selling. Um, that it doesn't do anybody any good. It's nice to have a big name, have your house, have your pictures everywhere. But, um, you know, I just think it's a terrible way of doing business. So When we're referring, the answer is selecting a realtor. A, you want to be on a medium team. You want to be somebody with an expert in their area that knows. And, you know, like if somebody comes to my team and says, hey, can you help me sell my house in Fredericksburg? Absolutely. But I'm going to be teaming up with a top agent in Fredericksburg because I need feet on the ground that know that market inside and out, backwards and forwards, stick my protocol with their local knowledge, and away we go. So, yeah. We don't, um, we wouldn't take that alone. Commercial real estate, I don't do alone. I have a partner on pretty much every deal I do. Every deal we do. I need local knowledge. My protocols, their knowledge, and we're good to go. So, so anyways, um, you need to ask. Um, You just need to ask. So the answer for selecting a realtor, that's pretty dang important. Let me go back. Let me just see what else Julie had on here. The critical protocols that that you can't, you know, that you hear me talk about protocol, protocol, protocol. Well, if you miss one, you miss them all. So if you miss doing that home inspection and having it ready when the time comes, then the whole contract, everything can be blown out. All the geofencing, all the predictive analysis, all of the pricing, everything can get blown out because a home inspector, and let me explain. But a home inspector's job is to, they may object to this, is to extort money from the seller. You're gonna pay me 650 bucks. I'm gonna show you things in that. And it used to not be like this. They used to walk people around the house, they showed them how things work. If there was something bad, they would point it out. Now, that's not the case. That's not, I had a guy, an inspector opening up the door to one of our houses. This is a problem. You don't have an overhang over your front door. What the hell does that mean? Is that the way we're going to start it? That we don't have an overhang over the front? We don't have a, a um, whatever you call it, over the front door? Are you kidding me? And then proceeded to pick the house apart, trying to get the seller to pay twenty-five dollars or $30,000 for things they don't have to pay. And of course, the contract blows up and all hell breaks loose. And this is what we want to prevent. And that's why experienced agents know how to handle that get out in front of it. If you're a Samson agent, you're listening to me, here's your protocols you have to to abide by. And, And it's not negotiable. It's absolutely not negotiable. The home must be prepared in a transitional state. That means the colors, the hardware, the lighting fixtures, they have to be correct. For every dollar you invest, you'll get back $7, as far as the cosmetics are concerned in that house. You should have... Be work. If you're not a thirty something, you should be working with a thirty something that sells a lot of houses to people that are thirty somethings, because those are the people that tell me what are the colors, what are the I everything about that house. If you do not prepare a house, you're done. If you don't have the right price on the house, and that means your own authentication of the pricing, the protocol of pricing is, if it's priced wrong, you can do everything else right. It's out of the gate. So again, if you don't price it right. I don't care how great the house is. Nobody's coming, right? So protocol, pricing, protocol, set the house up in, in perfect condition. Make sure everything is correct. You're only going to get first one one first try. The protocol on marketing is you shouldn't be marketing to people in your area because they're already going to see it. They know it. They're on Zillow. They're, they've got storage searches. They've got MLS. They're going to definitely see this house. The people that you're going for in a marketing plan are people that are looking for homes not in your specific market area. Let me give you an example. If I'm in Oakton and I'm selling a $1.65 million house, do you think I'm marketing for people looking for $1.6 million houses in Oakton? Of course, the MLS does that for you. I don't need any work there. But if I use geofencing and I go after people looking for houses in McLean that I don't even know where Oakton is, And I start showing this ad on their Instagram, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. If I start showing this ad to them and say, you could have 5,000 square feet built in 2016 instead of 3,500 square feet built in 2005, just come to Oakton. So the protocol is when you're marketing, the marketing plan is built on who's not looking in your area. We already know the people that are looking in your area, they're already here, who's not looking. So if you miss that protocol, now you miss a whole sphere of buyers that are paying 20% more for the house they're looking at than your house. If you're not currently using geofencing and Google ads, then you're making a huge mistake. The next protocol, having the inspection standing there waiting for them when the time comes is critical. You get them in, the contracts start floating. We've already done our home inspection. We've done our homework. We've done our title work. Our title work is clean. Use cardinal title. We've already done the title work. Our home inspection is clean. We've already given this. What you're trying to do is remove the barriers or the anxiety for a buyer. Anx- a buyer looks at a house and goes, what's wrong? What do I have to do? Do I have to put in a roof a hot water heater up? hvac unit what's going to fall apart i don't know houses i'm an attorney i know nothing about this house i need a professional look at it but if you can give them a professional's opinion who's not going to lie they would never lie for us we do a home inspection if something's broke we fix it that's why a lot of the agents in the area know that when they look at our listings they don't have to worry about it they know i've inspected it and they know i fixed it i do not take any bullshit from 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 anyone that says, oh, well, we're not going to fix something. Yes, we are going to fix something. If it's broken, we're going to fix it. Or we're going to disclose it and put a number on it. So, so they have confidence they can come in and, and enjoy the house for what it is and see it in its best light. So the home inspection protocol, the title insurance protocol, the how are we going to do a predictive analysis? If I don't do a predictive analysis, my days on market goes from 6 to 60. Or at least 30. Predictive analysis. Somebody in this market's driving the bus. Somebody's going to get hit by a bus. If you don't do a predictive analysis, you're going to get hit by the bus, right? If you do a predictive analysis, we already know I have contracts coming in. Before we even before we even launch the listing, I'm, I know i got contracts coming in. This is not, I, again, I was telling somebody that when I come out to a listing agreement, my wife says, uh, Carol says, she goes, good luck. Good luck. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, luck's got nothing to do with what's about to happen. You know, if you're a professional realtor, again, not a person selling real estate, but a professional realtor, then it's all foregone conclusion. It, the protocol handles itself. It just it just perpetuates, right? Same thing with football. We coach football. Well, good luck. Well, luck's got nothing to do with this. We work hard and we, you know, we got all our stuff in place and, and we're prepared and we're ready to go. So, So, again, if you are a realtor at Samson that listens to the show, and I appreciate you very much. I, David called me before the show and was asking me questions, very complimentary about the show. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the Samson agents that watch this show and hopefully it has a little something to do with Samson properties being the number one realtor in Northern Virginia. And hopefully this helps you guys sell your houses, but you just got to remember the protocol pricing is critical and you got to know what you're doing. I've shown you my pricing models a hundred times. Fixing up the house is not negotiable. You got to get that done. I know the walls are yellow, but they got to be painted a grayish. You can't, you can't sell a yellow house because that's just dated. You got to do your job, right? We got to you know do our marketing outside of our normal area. We got to do our marketing to pull people in from out of town, looking in sit- towns where they don't even know what Oakton is. They don't even know where Vienna is. They're looking at McLean or looking at Arlington or Alexandria. They have no idea what Vienna is you've got to introduce your house to them in haymarket we're going to people in in centerville and chantilly and fairfax saying if you just come out here you can get a house that's much bigger and much nicer and much newer than over there it's just come on out here so no big deal i mean big, big highways nowadays 66 is massive it'll get you out here in no time right so so all of these protocols are critical most critical, I think, is the predictive analysis, because when all is said and done, if nobody's coming, nobody's coming. So let's let's get our predictive analysis done. And then the last protocol is on your contracts. Now, let me tell you this. This is, I know I'm running a little bit over. This is critical, right? Because we're going to be playing three or four contracts against each other. And you better be careful, because if you do this wrong, you're going to lose them all. You could alienate every contract. So... So if you don't have a lot of experience negotiating contracts, you have to be very careful because this is a gut thing. Who do I really think is going through with this contract? I know that be $5,000 less than the other contract, but they seem a little squirrely to me and they could be leaving. So we need to be careful. We need to manage these contracts coming in very carefully or you're going to find yourself without any of them. They could all leave or you'll only have one and you need to manage that contract without losing them but getting them to bid another 50000 over themselves. And that's a trick. And that's what we do every day. So my name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. I hope it helps. I can tell you one thing. In Vienna right now, between townhouses and single-family detached in the last seven days, only two homes have gone under contract. Out of 33, only two homes went under contract when they were supposed to. Our two listings, the rest of the market is 31 and zero. So whatever I'm talking about, whatever these protocols, again, might not be entertaining, but it is informative, and it will save people tens of thousands of dollars. My name is Casey Sampson, 703-508-2535, or you can reach me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. Again, if you want to stay up to date on the market conditions, just go to CaseySampson.com, market snapshots right in the middle of the page, hit that, and it'll tell you what all our markets are doing in the last seven days. If your market is not on there, all you got to do is tell me, take me five minutes to put it up. So if you want to keep track of your market, just let me know. 703-508-2535. We'll see you everybody next week. I'm going to my son's wedding. I'll be doing this from uh, the Outer Banks with the ocean in the background. I'll see you next Thursday at 1030. Bye now.